Hey everyone, you're listening to Revenge of the 90s, a movie podcast. Um, I'm Steve. I'm Dan. And I'm Bronson. And today we are talking about the 1999 film uh, Galaxy Quest. Never give up. Never surrender. You are our last hope. By Grapthar's hammer. What a savings. Galaxy Quest is basically a movie, you know, about... It's basically a Star Trek spoof starring Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, and a bunch of other people. But mm-hmm. they play a crew on a TV show that is much like Star Trek. And, you know, later, however, what, 18 years down the road, they're basically stuck to doing conventions, which is very sad. And also based on reality of the Star Trek crew uh, from the show, which was also super sad. Right. And, that, was uh, that, that, was that, that was that thing about... Um... When Tim How, Allen's character was in the bathroom and overheard people at the convention saying yeah. that he was just a wash-up actor. It was a real right. event that happened to William Shatner. Right, and uh, apparently didn't break him, so I guess that's good. <laughs> right. but, uh, and now he's uh, making millions doing, what is it, Expedia pri- commercials? Uh, Priceline, Priceline commercials. Priceline. Hey, I but, never uh, understood, why isn't, he, why isn't he doing commercials for Enterprise? It's pretty good. I'll tell you what. <laughs> also, let me jump in. Let's just end this now because I can't think of anything after that. Also, let me jump in and uh, point out that for a guy who really poo-pooed the idea of doing a, a quick synopsis of the, the movie we're covering, you should have jumped on doing a, a synopsis. I, I think what happened was as soon as we, we started recording, I realized a lot of people probably don't even know Galaxy Quest that well. And I, and I panicked and wanted to make sure everyone knows about it before we go into it. I think I pronounced it synapsis when it's synopsis. You did. All right. But anyway, so <laughs> basically what happens is they get taken on a, a, a real ride through space and uh, it turns into a really great <laughs> sci-fi adventure. Um, well, now to go back to how much we love this movie. Uh, this is the first movie we've done where I didn't have, you know, I, I like to, I stole one of Laura's reporter notebooks, and uh, here it is. Um, and I usually try and put down some notes of like what I'm going to say in the podcast. Did you read I- those notes afterwards and make fun of you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she laughs at the idea that I think I could ever be worth holding a reporter's notebook, right. yeah, much as writing one. You're like a you're like a little boy who's playing like <laughs> mommy's mommy's work stuff right so anyway go on Continue. Uh, but i was gonna say this is the first one that i was just way too engaged with this movie to pull myself away to write down anything so i got nothing to say for this for this <laughs> film except than, that it was so period. good <laughs> other than you enjoyed it i loved it mm-hmm. dan well i think uh going into this movie there's so many different directions that a movie like this could go into because uh, it, it's between like what genre it is, whether it's going for a straight goofy comedy or whether they're going to stay true to the material and actually set up some like stakes and gravity to the conflict. And I, I've always really appreciated about Galaxy Quest how there's always a lot of gravity given to the situation, even like near the beginning of the movie. I'll say this about the Galaxy Quest. Uh, it really made me think about Tim Allen's career and how I wish he had picked better projects, especially in like the 2000s. Um, What's that TV show he's in now? Uh, 
you know what, you know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like a Friday night sitcom on ABC. Yeah, I watched a clip of it before this earlier tonight. That was like um, Tim Allen makes reference to Galaxy Quest in this Ooh. episode of whatever show it is, and he does. And it's, I mean, it's kind of funny, but it was the first part. It was the first time I'd seen any part of the show, and it's like a multi-cam live audience. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, oh, it's it like. Was, it's for him. It's like slipping into a warm bath. You know, it's, it's it's the ninety. It's a it's a real like safe, uh, you know, multi camera sitcom setup, and it's tucked away nicely on Friday, so it has no expectations whatsoever. You know, one time I saw Tim Allen in a Starbucks in New York. Um, did you should have given him the uh, the salute? I wonder how many times a, a year he gets the salute uh, from Galaxy Quest. I bet not as often as he gets people going. Uh, to ask him to do the grunt from Home Improvement, or or people saying to Infinity and Beyond. Yes, I, I would like. To, I wanted, I'd like to talk to him and see which one he gets the most. Um, but no, really, I mean, it really made me think about you know, like when Tim Allen picks pretty good projects. Uh, you know, he's a great comedic actor. Yeah, he is pretty good. Though you know what I noticed watching that clip, his voice is getting weird. Well, he's, an, he's old. He's an old man. He's got an he's, old man voice now. He does. He does. There's, uh, I mean, there's no getting around that. Too many years of hard living. You know, he did. He did have some hard living. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, but no, I, you know, I, I think uh, it's funny to me how, you know, Galaxy Quest, and I, I think about this like with every movie that we that we kind of watch, um, well, that we fully watch. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, I think about, you know, if it could be made today. And and I think, like, you know, I'm not entirely sure that Galaxy Quest... I mean, Galaxy Quest could possibly be made today, but it would have to be, like, with the assumption that th they would want to turn it into some sort of franchise. And what, what's nice about Galaxy Quest is that it's just this movie, this singular movie that just sits there. And, like, it's not ever watered down with, like, two or three movies after it. Yeah. You know, or anything like that where it's, like, I mean, it gets, it's like, it doesn't like try and turn these characters into like, you know, like beyond what they're, what they are. I mean, it's just a nice, it's, it's really just a nice little movie. I think that if it were made today, uh, the only way it would get greenlit is if there were some like Apato company actors in it. And then I feel like there'd be pressure for it to be more straight comedic. Right. It would be like, you know, Four stoners get sent onto a bridge <laughs> of a ship, right? You know, but uh, yeah, what I like about this is that it takes like these, you know, serious—not all serious actors, but actors who you know completely like buy into the roles and you know, and and just commit to it and don't go like into any like it never goes into like goofy territory. You know, it doesn't become like silly. It always kind of sits in this world where, you know, it's funny, but. Nothing like and and as like, you know, I wouldn't say outlandish a plot, but like it's a very like high concept. It never like goes as as high a concept as it is. It never like loses focus of it. I guess Do you know right. what I mean. Like I'm, never like like everything feels every scene of that movie feels um like it you know like it's tight. You know, it doesn't get too weird. It, like comedic scenes don't go on too long. Right. I mean, uh, it's, I think it's part of that uh, s sort of satire versus parody. Sort of like Scream versus scary movie where this is you know it's a nice highbrow funny sort of thing 
It is highbrow. I would consider this highbrow. <laughs> Especially when the inverted uh, bug monster mm-hmm. explodes. <laughs> so, uh, I believe it's a lizard pig, Dane. Not a bug you're right, monster. You're right. And then all the green gli- uh, slime gets on them. Right. Highbrow, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, luckily, there's no like, there's no scene where like one of the aliens like farts or something. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> there's nothing like that. Did you guys read that uh, trivia about how? Uh, well, I mean, I've read a couple things about how J.J. Abrams loved Galaxy Quest, but how when um, in the 2009 Star Trek, when Kirk and Sulu are falling off that mining ship uh-huh. onto Vulcan. What's his face makes that great save. He transports him up just in time. Scotty transports him up no, just in time. Scotty. It's not Scotty. It's uh. Oh right, it's before Scotty's on board. <laughs> we already forget his name. Come on. <laughs> but uh, that's supposed to be, according to J.J. Abrams, in homage to Tony Shalhoub's great save of Tim Allen's character from the Rock Monster. <laughs> that, I, that's see that's very interesting to me that galaxy quest would ever get an homage you know to, to anything it's Chekhov. that's i'm Chekhov is the name of the yes, guy yes 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 let me ask you guys this which character in galaxy quest did you most enjoy when they were on screen because i've got one in mind um probably guy fleekman i think guy i think okay guy yeah sam rockwell yeah, Sam Rockwell. I like I like his character the most because it's the most like meta character on there of like <laughs> right that's or how, uh, that's how that works. When Sigourney Weaver, uh, when they're all when they're around those small aliens and Sigourney Weaver yells, like we got to get out of here before they kill Guy. <laughs> yeah, let's get out of here. <laughs> let's get out of here before one of those things kills Guy. You know, the first time I really realized who Sam Rockwell was, like the first time his uh, presence as an actor really came into my existence was that Stella short he was in with the with the pizza some real sloppy pizza oh yeah 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 yeah. he's he's a chameleon that's the thing mm-hmm. he disappears into a role and you don't even realize he's Guy Fleekman he is I mean he is Guy Fleekman <laughs> <laughs> well, my favorite my favorite had to be Tony Shalhoub's character I laughed I was laughing anytime he was on his character is interesting just because it, it like <laughs> sort of differs it's like he um it was like from every scene, he was just consciously playing it up in some weird way. <laughs> right. I think what the point is, is that there wasn't a weak character in the entire cast. Right. You know what's crazy I, to me rewatching this is how many, um, for, for a lot of actors in this, it was sort of their first one. It was their first sort of film appearance. Justin Long or um, yeah. Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson. It was his first time, or first mm-hmm. movie. And there was another one I can't remember that was one of the aliens. Well, that guy from uh, Just Shoot Me is... Uh, yeah, is- well, that was going to bring him up. He did <laughs> such a good job. Enrico mm-hmm. Calantoni or something like that. Yeah. Mathazar. Well, just, see, I just called it Mathazar because I didn't want to pronounce his name. So. You know, I read in the trivia that that funny voice was his idea. And they just liked it so much they had all the aliens do it. No, it's nice because it separates them from just being looking like pasty humans. <laughs> it's nice that they commit to it and are actually, you know, um, you know, human beings. But here's my question. And this is obviously a plot hole. But when they're watching these historical documents, 
uh, do they see commercials? That's my, you know. Well, now, History Channel, back in their prime, were showing what you might consider fairly historical documents in one way or another. They were about history, but they still had commercials. Maybe they understood... You know, oh, they, you, they still have to, you still have an, you, you still have an economy, a capitalist economy. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't. So you're telling me they couldn't understand the concept of lying, but they could understand the concept of capitalism. I think that's what we're made to believe. <laughs> they obviously had no clue what entertainment was, but they get the idea that you have to still make money off of whatever entertainment is. They don't know what it is. They just know you got to make money off of it. Right. So these Thermians, they were much closer to humans than you'd think. I like that Ceres was the most human. He was the one that immediately, just the opening credits of Galaxy Quest came on and he knew what was happening. <laughs> right. Ser yeah, Ceres is no idiot. In that movie, he's uh, he almost gets him quite a bit. Um, he does fall for the mind trick, but he has the, the wherewithal to transport himself onto the ship and i don't think he considered that the omega 13 was going to be activated he was basically he was about to kill off that whole crew right and who is also the last of their species right yeah that's now, uh here's my question for you Steve. he's a good this, villain he's this good. this goes off topic a little bit but um so in the 2009 version of Star Trek, where the Vulcan planet gets destroyed, that's only in the J.J. Abrams Star Trek universe, right? Uh, well... Or in the original series, is there a Vulcan oh, planet? Oh, no, 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 no. No, I think that's only in the... Uh, this is putting me on the spot and could make me seem really stupid, but I think... <laughs> I am pretty sure that's only in the J.J. Abrams version, and I believe that's the case because... Um, they justify all of these things by calling it that alternate universe. Right. Where like everything like splits off. So I, I think that's why they can take liberties with anything that they want in that, in that world. So you're saying original series, Star Trek, there is a Vulcan planet. I believe so. Now, um, I'm looking at, I'm Google, I'm on Google right now. And the top three searches for does Vulcan, um, is does Vulcan nerve pinch work and uh, does Vulcan exist? So there's a lot of interest in Vulcan. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I'm not entirely sure. I couldn't tell you. What brought that up? Why do you? Why are you asking about Vulcan again? Oh, because of the, the planet. The, the 2009. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. All right. I'm pretty sure. I was more of a TNG fan anyway. Sure. I mean, I, you know, it's a product of well, just Well, I mean, I we've, this, this conversation has been had a million times before, but... Yeah, right, right. Now, um, here's a real question. It would be Kirk, Picard, or Tim Allen's character. Or Taggart? Yeah, Taggart. Well, I mean, uh, he's, he's, he's essentially a Kirk, you know, he's essentially yeah. Kirk. So, you know, that's, that's sort of a, that's tough. I, I mean, I was always a Picard fan anyway. Right. But if you're, if you're going to start throwing, you know, Taggart in there, you got to throw another space captains, you know? I mean, what about Han Solo? I'm a little lost, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we are rambling about Star Trek. <laughs> um, it was the moment when Han Solo came up that I figured I had to ask. 
Dan's just been sitting there with his head spinning for the last five minutes. <laughs> um, I, here's what I don't understand about Galaxy Quest is it made, I think it made like ninety million dollars overall um, with like foreign and domestic. But it's weird to me that it wasn't more of a hit. Like, I mean, watching. Yeah, but it, it, I guess you know, I'm it's weird. To, there's there's so many movies like that that like uh, like Clue. Right, I, that would never made a ton of money, but that's a phenomenal film with another yeah, you know, Clue, star-studded I, I, cast. Yeah, but Clue, I can understand why that wouldn't make a ton of money. I mean, what's not you know? It's just weird to me is that people wouldn't wouldn't go see a movie like that. You know, it's oh, well, you, you know, amazing reviews, great right, reviews, right. A, a star-studded cast, uh, a sci-fi action adventure. I mean, it has like all the makings of being like a very successful movie. It's just very interesting to me that it didn't make my guess is there were a lot of people at the time who were like well i didn't really watch that much star trek i probably won't get the references i suppose or people were just burnt out on tim allen maybe <laughs> yeah that's another that's another possibility See, we just we just went through a whole eight years of him on home improvement and two toy story movies do we really want to watch some space movie that he's in yep dan what were you gonna say you it sounded like you had uh something um, say. Just about the audience for this movie. Do you think that this is coming in a 1999 in a time period where maybe it's not okay? Because so I, I imagine it was like uh, advertised as this kind of Star Trek convention premise where it begins. Do you think that maybe there's just a difference between you know the 14 years that uh, conventions and science fiction and basically like a nerd hasn't been in vogue like it is now mm. and and maybe that's why this movie wasn't as successful back then was because that was capturing that period where it was still pretty like below the the cultural landscape i think um i don't know i mean i think conventions have always had like a pretty strong popularity i'll say that the without the internet i think it didn't help this movie i think you know the internet culture would have really grabbed like the internet nerd culture would have really latched onto this. Um, and I don't think in 99 it was big enough yet to, um, to really like have much of an impact. Um, but what you said, if I can go off of that just a little bit is interesting is that this movie doesn't have a specific audience. It's not, it could have, it could have either gone like R rated route and been, you know, strictly adult sci-fi movie comedy but it did. It also didn't go straight for the kids. So it's like one of those movies that's just kind of. And I think like it's the product of a lot of '90s movies, um, is that it's it's just kind of out there, and whoever wants to see it can see it. It's not really necessarily. It's trying to target anyone and everyone who might like it. Um, I think like today, you know, you have those. I think it's a very much more strict uh, policy of this movie has to cater to kids. Like this has to be a kids movie, or this has to be for adults you know it has to be hard art you know can't sit in this weird realm and that and galaxy quest is like in that weird realm do you know what i mean i think it's kind of torn between whether it's like whether it is targeting the adults or whether it's going to be like you know the coolest movie to see when you're 13 that kind of thing right i, th I think a, a lot of movies from the 90s in that box office era were thinking about like the four quadrants idea where there's, you know, there's, there's boys, there's men, there's girls and women. And it's, you just got to get two really well. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and maybe it wasn't as successful as it could have been, but obviously for Galaxy Quest, they were going, you know, boys and adult men. Yeah, I mean, I think they were going, they were trying to nail that audience of people who were like, who loved Star Trek as a kid or, you know, we're watching it in the 90s with the next generation and, you know, we're like, oh, I love Star Trek. This is going to be a fun satire of it. And and maybe I just I wonder whether uh, it missed that audience even a little bit. Maybe they didn't know how uh, I don't know, just uh, how close they would keep to the actual like source material they're satirizing and trying to evoke like the actual adventures and give an actual story. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that they didn't like get too hammy with it and like everything had to be like some sort of reference to star trek or anything like that i mean i love the i love this movie because it can stand on its own too all right do you think you could watch this movie and really enjoy it having never seen any star trek absolutely yeah absolutely it's it's a great adventure movie absolutely I don't think you. I don't think you have to like be a fan of Star Trek or anything like that to not enjoy this movie. There's, I mean, there's a character. Everyone, I think there's characters everyone could love. Everyone has a favorite character to it, you know. But again, I, I don't know. I can't figure out if this is like a cult movie or not. It still doesn't necessarily have like that following. I think it's just one of those like almost fly by night movies that more people should appreciate. And it's just for whatever reason, just never really caught on. I mean, there are movies like that all the time. Where it's just like I have no idea why this movie didn't do better than it, and I don't know why it doesn't have a bigger following now. And I think, I mean, for that in their case, maybe it is like that the internet wasn't what it is today, or you know, it, the word the word of mouth was different then. But it, they also took more chances then. So a movie like this, you know, without necessarily like the internet buzz, um, has a greater chance of failing. And I guess not hitting a hundred million dollars is, is a pretty, pretty sizable failure for a movie of that kind of that cast and that caliber. Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder what their budget was. I think it was like 40, 40 or forty-five. So they so, still I mean, made they, some money. No, I mean you know it made fifty million dollars profit, but like you know a hundred million is the benchmark. Right. So if you guys had to level a criticism against this movie, oh man. <laughs> What would that be? I feel Maybe. like we give the movies that we really enjoy. Uh, oh, a lot of, of love. We give, oh, we give them a lot of love. And, you know, it's. Yeah, I mean, it's hard when you really enjoy I, I think when you really like a movie. It's hard to find the criticisms of it. But I, I, I think what we're discovering I, maybe with Galaxy Quest 2 is and this is just for me, I mean, I think if I were to criticize it a little bit, it does toe that line between being like kids and adults. Um, well, a little bit. It, it doesn't necessarily go. I think I would have enjoyed, like you said before, like if it was a more um, not serious tone, but maybe even a little, a little more le- uh, leaning towards like an R rating. Maybe a little like because it, it. I think it mostly plays as an adult movie. Yeah, as like an adult comedy. So I, w- if it, I wonder if, if maybe. Dan's- I wonder if Dan's touching on something a little uh, a little deeper here with 90s films being viewed today where a lot of them, we've already got our minds made up. You know, going into it, we already knew Galaxy Quest, 
great film. And we've seen it when we were younger, and it, I, I wonder whether Galaxy Quest especially is one of those movies that, if you're the right age, it is exactly the movie for you. Right, so you don't think about anything wrong with it. Or same with Blair Witch last week. Uh, I already knew I don't love Blair Witch. Or Speed, you know. Speed is a great movie because I loved it when it first came out, and now when I watch it, all I can think about is, I love this movie. That sort of, that sort of 90s nostalgia, right? Yeah, and I want to see if we can get away, see if we can divide the nostalgia and actually have a modern critical eye toward these movies too. Well, I, if I were to have a modern, if I, you know, and I would say this then the same way I'd say it now, uh, you know, I, I always love a movie that takes chances and and has a higher concept, and Galaxy Quest most definitely does. Um, I, you know, any movie with a high concept like this has its issues in terms of kind of like the audience that it's, you know, looking for, I guess. But to me, it's, I mean, it, you know, I think it holds up. I, I think even if I were to look at it today, it, it's got the pacing of it is right. The, the, it flows well. It's, it's a nice tight movie. Um, all the performances are very funny. Um, it, you know, and not all the time do you have to. You know, I think it, I think it's okay to really like some of these, you know, movies where to where you say like, man, I really can't think of like too many things that are bad about it. Like, is that so bad? Now, you could say the criticism would be like, yeah, this is a really fun movie. Is it a really, really good movie though? I mean, is it? It's like, hard to say. It's of, you know, I, I mean, it's obvious why it didn't win any Oscars. It's not why it didn't win any Oscars. You know, it's not doing something really new. It's a satire, but it's it's a it's a great satire. Right. And so, okay. So it's like, yeah, that's fun that, you know, is there a difference between a movie being just fun or, or being like good? I, right. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, I, I, I'll say, I don't think it, it went too far in being, um, you know, targeting kids as an audience because I'm thinking of like episode one, star Wars, you know, where now we're going to switch all Star Wars to just being for kids to watch. And it's funny you bring that up. It's funny you bring that up because that came out the same year. Is that right? It came out in 99. Hmm. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up. Very funny. It's so funny. <laughs> I can't get over how funny you are. <laughs> but no, you're right. I mean, that's an example of where, you know, um, catering to kids goes way too far. Right. You know, it's I don't know, Dan. What do, what do you what is your you yeah, what do you up, think, so Dan? Your... <laughs> well, I'll go ahead and share. Um, what do yeah, you I think? Why do you think Galaxy Quest is the worst movie of the nineties? <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't go so far as to say that, but uh, <laughs> uh, okay. So one of the things I've always really admired about this movie is is the stakes and how it. it it uh, assembles this crew and these characters that are in no way qualified for these problems that actually have real consequences. And you feel the consequences through the movie, I think. And it, people can perish in this world, I think, is a, is a key difference. Like, it could, I think mostly this movie could have been, uh, you know how the, the wackiness when they do land on the, the planet and looking for the brilliant or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's as far as most movies would go with this premise, but they, 
wanted to take a, ratchet up the tension a lot further after that sequence. My only, I think my only complaint with this movie is that in the last 45 or 50 minutes, it's just constant crisis mode. And uh, they do a lot of interesting twists and uh, stuff that I like, remember really loving the first time I saw it. But there's, it, it, it kind of just, the second half of the movie just kind of wanders through this crisis to crisis without any like set victory, I think. Where just like we get to calm down and then we're surprised by a new crisis. Mm. It's almost just like we're expected to go through crisis to the point where it's just kind of like there's maybe three new endings. Because think, think about like how many climaxes there are at the end of the movie, you know? Right. Well, let's turn to Mr. Star Trek himself. Steve, would you say this, that the idea of that mirrors the way a Star Trek film is, is produced? Is that in itself, that constant crisis, still part of the, the satire? Well, with the Star Trek films, I mean, there have been, I don't even know how many now, a dozen or so, like something like that. Um, yeah, they all kind of differ, uh, but what I've always kind of noticed with them is that there, there is a very like slow buildup in these movies um, to to kind of like an action-packed uh, ending. And um, I guess what I guess what I could say about it is a lot of those, all those movies and all the episodes of Star Trek are always like just riddled with like nonsense, essentially, just just made-up space terms and just technology that makes no sense. Um, and can just fill any plot hole you want. Um, so I think I appreciate that about Galaxy Quest is that like this Omega 13 just so happens to be like a matter rearranger and sends you back 13 seconds. And when he says just enough time to uh, correct a mistake, you're kind of like, you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> right. So you're like, you're like, well, that's convenient. Um, but that's kind of, you know, it seems like foreshadowing Tim Allen. Right. That was like, that was like very forced and, um, watching that again, I was like, well, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it, you know, I don't, it's hard for me to say because I don't, I didn't think that was, I mean, what at the end of an action movie, especially in like Star Trek or something like that, like once the stakes get raised, I don't really want, there's no going back. Well, yeah, I don't necessarily want this period where I can, where I can like settle down. Like I want kind of like a nonstop sort of like third act where it's just like, you know, Things are really rolling, and I and I don't want to, you know, really like take too much time away from it. And but that's just me. I mean, I I don't know. That's just one know. crazy movie fan. Just one crazy kid who loves his action. I mean, Dan, what do you, you know, what what is, what is your reasoning for that? I think as soon as they, uh, after the beaming up sequence where they return from the planet. And the doors open, and we find out that their ship has already been stormed. That's the moment where it just goes, it's just full crisis mode for the next 50 minutes. And I, I think, I, I just wish there was like a, a harder uh, end to like act two, instead of kind of having this uh, extended sequence of climaxes, basically. Because I mean, it, it even goes farther than the you know 13 second time machine where there's even another climax when they land back on earth i mean to me though it's i think that it fulfills its duties as an action movie pretty well in that regard i mean 
you know, you got to toe the line between comedy and action. And obviously the first half of it is a lot more comedy. And even the second half has its com- comedic moments. But I mean, you're to me and, you know, again, I'm kind of like praising this movie a lot, but it, it, it it's legitimate action. And that's what I like about it so much. It's very, um, it doesn't, it doesn't like, uh, what do I want to say? Um, skimp on it, I guess. And, you know, when you're trying to do like Star, Star Trek and, or, you know, send up to maybe even Star Wars a little bit, any of those space franchises, you're, you're looking at, you know, an act, a fun filled action packed climax to a movie and you know to me it fulfills that pretty well i i at no point was i was i like oh man like oh now the ship is gonna crash you know oh i can't believe i mean i think maybe if i were to critique it i think like the last appearance of saris might have been a little much no what down on earth yeah oh that was so cool so you get you get a cool scene of them shooting like the nerf gun bullets at him <laughs> um and like you just hear like the pop and like it just bounces off and that's that's funny but like i think maybe like if i had to pinpoint anyone that was maybe a little much that would be it but the rest of it i mean i was like hell yeah this is great because the the last part of saris seems a little forced where it's like okay you already killed him once what's the point of having to blow him up now you know what i mean i see what you're saying with that dan that's the extra climax that doesn't need to happen. Because once they're all out on the stage, it's like, I don't, you know, whatever. You know, it's done. It's over. All the action's over. I don't need Tim Allen doing a somersault and shooting him. But other than that, I enjoyed it. And I really like the the climax with the Omega-13 because, I, I don't know, we built up these characters, and I, I think comedy is a good way to... Uh, relate to the characters in a movie like this so that when there are they are in peril or even when they get shot and you see them get shot uh, you have a stronger reaction to the scene so even though yeah we knew that the the 13 second time machine was going to work in this movie because it was foreshadowed like that like three times (laughs) yeah I I think it, it still works because we have the attachment to the characters Right. Also, how cool is that scene where it was a slow motion of everyone getting shot by Saris? Yeah, that's even that's, though it was a comedy, yeah. it was still like, "Oh no, my friends!" Exactly. These people who these people who I've grown to love. Wow. And some world class acting by by Tim Allen, watching his friends get shot. Yeah, I mean that's the other. Th- I mean that's the thing. You know, Tim Allen is a good actor. He, you know, he, he's no slug on film. I just wish that. You know, like I said earlier, I, you know, I, I wish he had other, he picked better projects after that. Because you see a movie like Galaxy Quest, and you know, he definitely he holds his own in a great comedy. That might be neither here nor there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I if might be you have only... Santa Claus and Toy Story, I feel like you don't have any reason to ever work again. Yeah, I mean, you know, I did love Santa Claus. That was really good. But all three of them, I didn't. I, Mm, I didn't say that. <laughs> Each better than the like, last. Oh my god! <laughs> I think even I mean you know when Santa Claus three came out, even like the six year olds who were dragged to it were like, <laughs> please. <laughs> but 
All right. Um, do we have anything else to add about uh, Galaxy Quest? Have we exhausted this topic? It's a pretty solid movie. A very solid, solid movie. movie. Very it's solid. Very solid. It's, uh, yeah, you know, it's got its... I don't know if we call... I mean, would we say we're nitpicking with the criticisms of it? I'd or, say uh, one of us is really insistent that there be some criticisms. <laughs> well, Dan does bring... I mean, you bring up a good point. It's it's that nostalgia... Nostalgia nostalgic factor of 90s movies where you just think like everything was so good in the 90s everything was amazing um though i was listening to some blues traveler today and some gin blossoms and uh made me realize everything was great in the 90s and what were those what were those people in grunge so upset about their their poor clothing their grungy clothing they wanted someone else they wanted someone to buy them some new clothes right they just wanted people to feel their pain and everyone else wasn't buying into it. They were too busy going to see all these great movies. Yeah. All right. So that is, uh, that is Galaxy Quest. That's unless, Galaxy Quest. And unless we have anything else. Is that it? Well, what do we, what do we watch next week? True Romance? We are watching True Romance, yes. I'm, I'm excited to talk about True Romance. I, I am too. Hopefully uh, we can all come up with criticisms so Dan doesn't yell at us again. I'll make sure it's nothing but criticisms. <laughs> I'm going to just tear this movie apart. Good. A lively discussion. <laughs> this discussion was lively. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. That was a hell of a thing. <laughs>